The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. It was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. And we are here to recap that whole little tiny thing that happened in Glendale. Section 7. Section 7. Jason went to, as we talked about in our last podcast, he was there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it seemed like there was a lot going on. It was a nice weekend. I, I enjoy that event a lot. As I mentioned, it's all in one place where the Cardinals play, which, by the way, is really funny. Michael Luke had me laughing because you look up at the rafters and there's like four banners and it's just like NFC West champions. And it's like, yes. It's but, like that. that's our Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> but it's you just go literally from court to court. The uh, the way they handle interviews, everything from a media perspective is, is just awesome. So Top notch. Really, really enjoy uh, that tournament. Nice. All right. Um, before we get started, uh, we do we usually do shout outs at the end, but I was gonna say we're gonna do a shout out at the beginning, so that somebody if they're listening on the podcast doesn't necessarily have to listen maybe all the way to the end to hear their name. But shout out to I believe it was Bill who said hello to Jason today at yeah, dinner, and, and also shout out to Pat who I got to watch a, a few games with this past weekend and newest stuff and. Uh, always nice meeting members and a uh, fun weekend. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for saying hi, Bill, at Mod Pizza tonight. And shout out to Shelby for staying thanks, home with babe. the nieces. Shout out to Hot Weather. Nieces, uh, shout out children. To, shout out to Starbucks. Hot Weather. We do have Starbucks, so Jason might do his famous uh, slurping thing. Shout out to the badass coffee of Hawaii that I went to in Avondale because their ice cubes are made of coffee. I mean, that's pretty genius. I, I mean, it, you usually see TikTok hacks and all that. Maybe you might have seen that before, but like to see it in practice at a coffee shop is kind of cool. Shout out to my hotel, home to Sweet Hilton in Avondale. Very nice hotel. He really is really excited about this hotel. Um, just shout out to Avondale. Shout out to the Chipotle I went into <laughs> last night um, and almost didn't eat there because the smell of marijuana at 10 o'clock at night was a little strong. Just a little overwhelming. But I was hungry. Nice. Probably because I was high when I walked in from the from smoke. the smoke. Not from me. From right, the smoke. right, right, right. Well, you know, at least you made it. Um, okay, when we're done with shouting out, that was a good on, segment. Are we doing more? Okay. Um, shout, yeah, that's all I got. Shout out to our dog sitter watching our dogs. Uh, when we I was at the resort this weekend. Shout out to new sneakers. Michael Luke tweeted at them thinking he was making fun of me, not knowing that I'm fashionable 
But I got blisters. Sometimes you get blisters. Oh, from your new shoes? shoes? Jason got new shoes in Seattle. They're really nice. Shout out to my girlfriend, who's probably... Oh, wait. Wow. Okay, yeah, no, 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 no. First question. Okay, we're, we're ending the segment First now. question. Um, oh, okay, gosh. let's start with Arizona commit Carter Bryant. <laughs> um, what do you see from him? Yeah, so remember the previous podcast I said that Carter Bryant was one of the players that I was most curious about seeing because, again, the last time I had seen him was UIBL, and he didn't play well. And so I wanted to see a new environment with Corona Centennial, um, that'll be one of the better teams in the state of California. Just for now, they're adding some players, which will make them maybe, on paper at least, the best team in the state of California. Um, you know, and, and to put it into perspective, there was like one game where he didn't play very well, and it was against Columbus in Miami, Florida. And I just, before I get into Carter Bryant's game, this team, Columbus, right, has the Boozer brothers. Ooh. A small forward, that's a D1 prospect, and then a point guard named Benny Frangella, who I'm convinced has never missed a three in his life. So they beat, they, they go against De La Salle, which is a, a very solid team. They win by 40, right? I believe the final score of their game was Centennial. Now keep in mind, Centennial, again, one of the best teams in the state, was like 71 to 43. Then they played, um, it's a private school in Miami. They played Harvard Westlake, who was the open CIF champion multiple D1 major prospects, like four or five, right? They beat them in their closest game of the weekend by 15. What? So, like, Cameron Boozer, who is the number one player in his class, to me, and, and I heard a D1 coach, I'm not going to say the name, but a D1 coach was on the, the phone with one of his assistants saying that basically, like, Cameron Boozer could play in the NBA right now. And normally you'd be like, oh, whatever. I absolutely, like, if the NBA draft this year, obviously I would choose Victor and all that. I think Boozer would have been my two. If Boozer was eligible for next year's draft, I think he would be the clear number one pick. Carter Bryant tried his hardest. But, like, the, the difference in strength is just, I mean, he is a strong, like, you remember his dad, Carlos Boozer, guys, like, strong. And they play hard every single possession. And they lead in. Um, he is one of the better prospects that I've seen. And his brother is also good and like 15th in the nation. But Cameron is just a, a different animal. He is he is by far the number one player regardless of class, and he's not moving. So, whew, with that being said, Carter Bryant was awesome this weekend. Um, everything that I wanted to see from Carter Bryant, uh, I got to see. I'm trying to remember. I believe I saw all of his games um and i'm trying to think yes i believe i saw all of his games again i didn't really pay attention to the um the one against uh, columbus because they lost 71 to 41. yikes um and i didn't see today's game because i left early but they beat modern day uh by 21 points but i did see the other two three games so they played corner canyon uh solid team out of utah really good he played well they played mount c he fouled out of the Mount C game, right? And they were down for a good portion of that game. And then basically, Carter Bryant said that he didn't feel like losing anymore. Um, scored six straight points, gave him the lead, fouled out. The ref was horrible. I think he had, I joked with him after the game with Carter, I think he had three real fouls. Um, the refs weren't very good this weekend. They kept fouling out star players, which nobody wants in this atmosphere at least. But... He changed the game with his defense, got, you know, there's a clip going around Twitter, got in transition, got a dunk, 
the thing that impressed me the most is his passing was insane this weekend. I mean, he was, you know, it, it, like I mentioned, I'm comparing him to the EYBL, but he just seemed checked out that weekend for whatever reason. But this weekend, he was aggressive finding his shot. He was rebounding. He was blocking shots. He was getting in transition. But the best part of his game was his passing. I mean, he was throwing passes in transition. He was getting passes off rebounding. He had one play where he dribbled and he threw a, a cross-court pass with one hand in between defenders and the guy hit a three in the corner. I mean, and, and it was a pass that point guards wouldn't think to make, let alone Carter, 6'8", you know, forwards or whatever. He uh, he was really, really good this weekend. I, I you know, And there's still moments where you're like, okay, in college, this is going to change. Like there was a play against like Boozer's team, for instance, where Carter was sitting in the three-point line waiting for the pass, and he was open to his credit. But had he cut to the basket, a college point guard would have seen him and he would have got a dunk. But it's just in high school sometimes and the way things are, it's like instead of waiting there at the three and standing there, you're a guy where when you're cutting, you're really hard to guard. And so like you could see that like when, okay, when he gets to college, that's going to change a little bit. Yeah, the basketball IQ goes up. Right. And and so um, the concerns that I thought had to be alleviated a little bit going into this weekend, and even though it was just really one bad weekend, they were all alleviated. I I thought he was one of the better players slash prospects that I saw. And I'm not saying that because he's an Arizona commit. Uh, I thought he played really, really well this weekend. Yay. Awesome. Okay, well, who did the coaches focus on the most? Well, you always get coaches always go to commits games. I know people wonder why, but it's all about showing that love. And you got to be able to kind of differentiate, like, do I watch this guy or do I watch that guy? But if there's commit playing, um, you're going to watch him, right? There's a few guys that the coaches were at pretty much all the games. Number one, Coa Pete, 2025 forward, one of the best players in the country. Tommy Lloyd was at his game. If there's another game going on at once, Tommy Lloyd was basically splitting time between the two. He did that last night between Braden Burry's or a Saturday night between Braden Burry's and Coa Pete, where he just went back and forth, back and forth, because they were on um, courts next to each other. Tunde Yusufu uh, was another guy where Arizona and Tommy Lloyd, I believe, was at every game. Braden Burry's Arizona focused on, and then Cameron Holmes was uh, was the other. I would say those guys. And look, I mean, there's other players that the coaches watched, but I would say those guys right now, not, I mean, it's not a coincidence. These are the guys with offers. Burries doesn't have an offer, but um, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, speaking of Koa Pete, do you have any thoughts on how his game has progressed? So, you know, when you look at Koa Pete, and, and Michael Luke said this too, I'm convinced that if he played football, he'd be a first-round pick. Like, he has the body of an off, a guy that, if you put on a little more weight on him, he'd be one of the best offensive linemen in the country because of his footwork and just how he's built. He's built like that. Remember, his brother, like Andrews, like there's an NFL bloodline here. Um, his game, you know, to me has has progressed nicely. His high school team without Cody Williams and other players that they've had in the past wasn't as good. They lost multiple games this weekend. It got to the point where in a few games they had Coa Pete all six eight two thirty of them running the point and he wasn't awful running the point but we all know that when he gets to college he's never handling the ball like that and so um you know and like for instance he he can face you up and there's nothing wrong with it but on the block in high school he would be killing these kids the problem is no one could get him the ball 
on the block. So there was like one game where I watched him and, you know, I, I, it was funny. It was after Mike made the post on the message board that I didn't like Pete, which was BS. That wasn't what I was trying to say. What I was saying was, you know, I, I asked, has he scored any points on the block? Well, he was facing uh, Isidore Newman um, and they killed him. But I was like, has he, has he scored any points on the block whatsoever? And the answer was no. And has he drove whatsoever? And the answer was no. All his points were coming in transition, which is fine because he was still scoring. Um, you know, and then I saw him again later in the weekend and he was getting into the lane at will. He gets up very quickly when he goes up for a dunk for a guy his size. He's up very quickly. Um, but again, like their team, the only game they won was the first game. And the, it, it just the, the guys around him aren't very good, to be blunt. Um, there's like one player that's pretty good, but he's not like a D1 guy. Uh, you know, Ko is good. He, he, he's really good. I think with coaching, he's going to be good. Um, but there were games where I saw him where they were just double teaming him. And, and, you know, there's only so much he can do in that area. But he's very good around the basket. Um, he shot threes. I think he got a little impatient getting double teamed and hit every time. And, and he didn't shoot threes very well. But in college, that's not his game. And I think he's, it's, it's a situation where you get him in college, you put him on the block, you let him face out a little bit, you get playmakers around him, and he's, a, he's going to be, once he gets in the weight room, and he's already strong, but once he gets like in a college strength program at a guy his size, he's going to be really, really difficult to guard. Um, he is a four-man all the way, though. That, you know, that should be clear. And, I, and a, in any school that's telling him he's a three is full of it. He's, he's a quattro. He is a four. And uh, he's too big to be a three. He's not guarding threes. You are what you guard. And, and, he's, and he's fine defensively. Um, but I, I like him a lot. He's obviously a, a no-brainer. And, and that's why he's a, a top priority for Arizona. And we'll have an interview with him coming this week. Oh, wow. Exclusive content. I like that. You are what you guard. Yeah, you are what you guard. Should Always. be a t-shirt. Um, next question. Cameron Holmes was another player. That you saw that you that already holds has an Arizona office. Sorry, how did he look? Great, and I actually like him more in a high school setting than I do in AAU setting, because what you see in the high school setting is his team is solid. It's not spectacular, but he makes everyone around him better. And like his AAU team um, had Brandon McCoy, who's a top fifteen player, and then Elijah Williams. Um, son of Monty Williams and like that team is young but they they have a lot of talent this team's not like that like and so he's got to be more aggressive offensively playmaking and all that uh, I thought he was great and the thing that you forget about him is he's 2026 so whatever you see like he's got to get stronger there's no doubt about it but he's just a baby so he's gonna he's gonna get stronger um, he's got to get a little bit better defensively and rebounding but that comes with strength Offensively, his game is advanced. He hit threes, he hit floaters, he got in the lane. No-brainer. I mean, no-brainer offer. Arizona loves him. Um, you know, I, I could confirm that Arizona loves him. They were at every one of his games. Tommy was at his games. Um, you know, he's a guy that, I've said this, he's one of my favorite players in the class. I, You know, I, I think he's going to be a, uh, a stud when he gets older. Um, you know, he's, uh, yeah. He, he's, he's, he's that guy. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to say. Like, he is, in terms of, and again, right now, he's probably more prospect than player, but he's still a really good player. It's just that, like, when you look down the road two years from now, um, he's going to be, like, really good. Yeah, well, exciting. Okay. Um, okay, well, out of those 
that don't hold an offer, is there anybody that you think is close and made a better case for themselves this weekend? I think there's one player this weekend that performed so well in front of Arizona coaches that there's almost no excuse for them not to offer. And who is it? And that's that's Braden Brees. Um, you know, he was a guy where I, I said going into the, the weekend, he doesn't have the best body. The last time I saw him, he's a little thick up top, you know, and, and you look and like if they have skinny legs and a thicker upper body, you're like, oh, whatever. But his body's really not that bad at all. Um, I have no idea why he, uh, he's going to take off. Like last night he had, I think off the top of my head, I might have this wrong. He had like 30 and 13. He had 13 Whoa. boards as a 6'4 shooting guard. Tommy saw it. He had another game in front of Murphy where he was awesome. Um, I can't see a situation where Arizona just doesn't think he's good enough. I mean, he he does a little bit of everything. I know Travis Branham 24-7 wrote uh, about his game, um, you know, the same thing. Uh, big bodied guard is skilled and crafty, knows how to keep his defenders off balance and use his body, can score all three levels, defends, and has a high upside as a playmaker. There is a sequence, that's what Travis said, there was a, a sequence where he hit a three, then he came down and made a stop, got a steal, I believe, got up in transition and made a pass in transition that was perfect. Um, he, he, he can do it all, and again, he's another guy, like, he can get better. Like as a playmaker, like he's probably he's more of a two right now. Um, we have him as a combo guard, but if he continues his progression as a ball handler and as a playmaker, he will be able to play some one. I don't think he's ever going to be a true point guard. Um, I think it's a disservice to him, to be honest. I think he's a two, uh, but he is a guy where whenever I've seen him, he has scored a lot of points and done so rather efficiently. Uh, I just don't see how Arizona off doesn't offer. I'll be blunt. I, I would be actually disappointed um, if, if Arizona offers. There's probably, that would be the closest out of the guys that I saw where I look and I say, okay, uh, Arizona needs to offer that guy, um, especially because they were at so many of his games this weekend. Hmm. All right, interesting. Well, I always love a good, skilled, and crafty kid who can is a two of Quebec and play the one. So we'll see. Hopefully he does get an offer. Um, what other players stood out to you that you can see Arizona focusing on or getting more involved with? So there's a, there's a couple. Um, and you know it, it's there's there's two that really stand out. And, and and I watched a bunch of guys. I watched you know Tunde Yusufu. Arizona offered. I didn't talk about him, um, but again Arizona already offered. He's the guy where at EYBL again. I was like, eh. I mean, I get it. He's so strong. Right, and he's a six-four, six-five wing, but he's huge. And you say, okay, like what can he get better on? And then like yesterday, uh, Saturday, I saw him. He missed like two shots the entire game, and that includes multiple three pointers. And you're like, oh well, there okay. It and it was against a good, it was against a, uh, a a good team. I believe it was Harvard Westlake. He did it against or Notre Dame, Sherman Oaks, Notre Dame, one or the other. Um, one guy I love. I'm not sure if Arizona's gonna offer. What I love is point guard J.J. Mandiquit. He's Hawaiian. He goes to Salt Lake Academy now. Um, he's a guy where I really wish. So the way the tournament worked is they had like a prep school division where it was like five prep schools basically, right? And the issue was that the prep schools weren't that great. And so the point guards that he went, and they had talent, like AZ Compass had talent, but 
the, the, the guys that he went against weren't the most athletic. And so I want to see him go against more athletic guys. But I love the kid. Like, he's going to go somewhere, even if it's not Arizona, and he's going to be awesome. Washington State and Utah offered. I bet you after this weekend, I know Travis saw him and wrote about him and loved him. But I bet you he gets more offers. Um, tough point guard. Has like a has a, a nasty streak to him, but not in a bad way. Like in a in a okay, this is what I want my point guard to do, right? Like this is, I mean, he's good, right? Like, um, you know, you wonder how good he is against athletic, and you you wonder if he's athletic enough himself. But he's a tough mf'er. Like he's if he chooses the right school, um, he's going to be one of those four yard four-year pain-in-the-ass point guards. I just don't know if he's on an Arizona level, but I think he's close. Tommy has seen him at the U16s, I believe. Um, saw him this weekend again. I think he's a player that Arizona's going to keep in touch with for sure. I don't know if he's going to get that offer. Um, Jason Crow Jr. is 2026. Uh, he's a point guard. You know, I watched him once this weekend. Arizona was up multiple games. The game I watched him against Smoky Hill, great school name, uh, couldn't hit a jump shot to save his life, but could not miss inside either. It was weird. Like, couldn't literally, he was just, he started, he pulled it from a three from like half court almost and missed the rim by like four feet. And someone on the sideline was even like, dude, like take it to the basket. And then he took it to the basket and I don't think he missed whatsoever. He can score. Uh, he can score. He's got to get stronger, um, but he's going to get a, a lot of offers. Brandon McCoy, point guard uh, from Bosco. He's a guy where... I think Arizona's going to get more involved with. So, like, it's tough sometimes to offer multiple kids from the same AU program. Elijah Williams um, is an interesting case because Arizona offered him, and then Monty Williams got fired from the Suns and is coaching for the Pistons now. So, you know, home for Elijah Williams is considered Phoenix. So I, from what I understand, the family is kind of going through the process. Is Elijah going to stay and go to private school in Scottsdale? Or is he going to move to Detroit? If he moves to Detroit, that recruitment probably becomes more difficult, even though Arizona has a clear connection to him with Ricardo Foy and all that. If he stays in Scottsdale, Easy. It, it, it's a lot easier. It's not an easy recruitment, but it's a lot easier. If you he moves to Detroit and you become a little less interested, well, you, you, you offered Cameron Holmes... Brandon McCoy is super effing good. Everyone's going to offer him. So does Arizona offer McCoy and get involved with that? I would. Um, I think McCoy is elite, really, really good. But that remains to be seen. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm an Arizona fan if Braden Burries gets the offer and then I could see uh, Brandon McCoy. Those are probably the two that I watched this weekend where I'm like, you know what, I, I would absolutely offer them with, uh, with no second thoughts. All right. Well, if only Tommy Lloyd was a better recruiter, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, when you mentioned that pain-in-the-ass kid that plays for four years, for some reason my brain went to Jaime Hawkwoods, and then I thought about him, and then I went, oh, yeah, he got drafted. Yeah, man. Congrats to Jaime. Like, I'm telling you, like, if he goes to the right school with his game, he's going to be really, really good. And I'm not sure what the right school is necessarily. Like, Utah, he would kill at Utah. Like, right. I don't want him to go to Utah. Not Jaime. Right. Mandicott. Like, it's yeah. weird. Like, I'm not sure if he's good. Like, in 2025, for instance, he's not better than Jeremiah Fears, who Arizona offered. Mm -hmm. He's not. But 
He's a, he's a little close there. If he goes to like Utah or something and he's really effing good, wouldn't surprise me at all. Nice. And he's not an NBA guy. He's a four-year guy because of that lack of athleticism. Right. All right. Well, I mean, not to make super comparisons because obviously Jaime is uh, going to be playing in the pros, but um, we found out his mother is a Tucson girl. Yeah, the Leafs. I don't know the exactly, but yeah. She went to Savino. I, I, I think I knew that, but yeah. Vaguely recall that, but anyway. I'm not usually one to rep a UCLA player, but now that he's yeah, not there nice anymore. Family, they're a nice family. They have Tucson ties, so we'll, we'll uh, be and nice. I And I will say this. Um, Arizona absolutely loved him coming out of high school, but they knew he was going to UCLA, so they never got involved. Nice. Like, loved him. Aw. So... What could have been? That's okay. Also, I'm just going to say this because even though it's not uh, basketball related, there was a football thing that happened today, and it's my favorite position. Tight end. Tight end. And he was a three-star. Yep, solid player, Charlie Kroll. Um, yeah, he's good. So, yay. Another uh, tight end. 6'5", 230. They may land another tight end in this class. It is possible. Yes. You know what's insane? And I was pointing this out to someone. If you go to the Oregon State rankings, and I don't think I've ever seen this before, right? I'm just going to, real quick. The number one player is a tight end committed to Oregon. The number two player is a tight end committed to USC. The number four player is Jaden Fortier, who Arizona is recruiting, right? And then the number eight player is Charlie. So you have one, two, three, four of the top eight players in Oregon Woo-hoo! are tight ends. Tight ends, best. I love that position. And best like position. I, that is and not, kickers. Yeah, that is not like a common thing. Not common. It's pretty. Crazy. Well, it's also a very specific body type. You can always pick out a tight end, like you when you see Gronk when you know he's the prototypical tight end body. But like anytime you see one, you can find them easily. They're just such a cool position. So right. Anyway, yay! That sounds like a great wrap up. You had a good weekend. I had a good weekend with the kiddos, though I will say, you pointed out, it was hilarious. I slathered the children in sunscreen, and I did put sunscreen on myself, but I missed a couple of spots on my shoulders and my back, and I am absolutely a lobster in those two or three little spots, and they're, it's just killing me. So, Ugh, aloe vera and, you know, really good Avena lotion and... I haven't had a sunburn in years, and it just sucks because I'm usually so good about it. But don't tell my dermatologist. Jason's just sitting here on his phone. I'm just going to keep talking. Well, I'm just really going to let just you, blah, let blah, you blah. cook. Get it? Just, just cooking. <laughs> let you cook. All right. Well, we're going to do more podcasts this week. We have a 50% off deal where uh, maybe football's quiet this week. I don't know, but we're going to do more basketball news. There's a lot of team news, actually, but we're going to do that a, a different point guard on that or a different podcast sorry brielle is yelling at me from the other room we're going to do one of her girls podcasts uh basketball podcast and uh what is her podcast called balling with brie right balling brielle? with brie buckets with brie oh well, here's balling. a good one uh brie get your ass to bed podcast That's a good <laughs> one too. all right anyway uh thank you all for joining us and as shelly would say bear down Shelby, I believe on Saturday I put in a 15-hour day. What were you doing on, on Saturday? 
I was I was by the pool getting a sunburn with there we go. a white claw. Just want to point that out, guys. Bear down. 